He strengthens you through power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have Thank you. Power. May have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that, know this love that surpasses knowledge that he may, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now check this out. This is where I want to, our, our key scripture, our focal point for today's message. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we, than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Can we just pray one more time? God, we love you. God, we pray over your word that, God, that we would be good fertile soil and that it would produce a harvest in our life, Father God. God, I pray that we would have a greater revelation of your power that is available to us today, Father God. And God, we just declare your word over our life. We declare your power in our lives, even right now, God. And we just love you and we thank you. In your holy name, we pray. We all said, amen. Amen. I believe that God is going to speak to you this morning. If you have notes and you'd like to title this, we're going to title this, It's a Powerful Life. It's a Powerful Life. Uh, have you ever been in a season of life or maybe somewhere where the odds just seem stacked against you, right? Maybe it's just me. Like, you, it feels like everything is going wrong. We've all had those days where we go out there and our battery's dead. We're late to work. The kids are screaming, right? You forget your lunch. You finally get to work. You don't have your bank card. And then you don't have lunch either. So it looks like you're fasting and praying that day. And again, really super spiritual. And uh, praying for manna from heaven. And um, the odds just seem stacked against us, right? And we look around and everyone else is, seems blessed and they're tiptoed through in the tulips. And, and, uh, and we're just like, man, what, what else can go wrong? We've all had those days. We all love movies like that where the main character has all the odds stacked against them, but yet in the end they, they overcome. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Rudy. Has anybody ever seen Rudy? Rudy's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, it it's about a young man that is, it comes from poverty. He's, he's short. He's not very athletic. But his dream is to be a football player for Notre Dame, right? He could have probably picked a better college like UGA. But, um, <laughs> but we won't go there. I, I just lost some of you guys. Come back. Uh, but he wanted to play for Notre Dame, and everyone was like, you can't do it, you're too small, and your parents don't have money, they're, they're not affluent, uh, you have no athletic ability, I mean, that's probably a pretty big one right there, um, but he, he says, I'm going to do this. All the odds are stacked against him. 
You know, all the odds. Rocky, I think every fight that Rocky ever fought was the odds were stacked against him. He got beat up pretty bad and then finally overcame the odds. Pursuit of happiness is another one off the top of my head where, where he, all the odds were stacked against him, yet he overcame. We love these movies. Why? Because... We see ourselves in those situations sometimes, maybe not as drastic, but we, we see ourselves sometimes where the odds are stacked against us. In the Bible, there's stories like that. And I want to look at one this morning. It's, it's found in 1 Samuel 17. I'm not going to read it all to you. Uh, if you don't know the, the uh, chapter, I'm going to just give you a quick Brad synopsis of it, right? This is the, the Bradley version of of. of First Samuel 17. I would encourage you to go read it. It's a great story. It's about a, a, a young man named David and a big tall guy, much like Dave Varney walking in, named Goliath. <laughs> Dave's our resident Goliath, and, uh, and we love him for that. Um, but <laughs> bless him, Lord. Uh, David was a young man. He was anointed king by the, the prophet and he was, after anointed king, he went back to serve his dad menial jobs. It's crazy. That's a whole different sermon. But David was 15 when he was anointed king, yet he didn't even become king till he was 30. Uh, come on now. Like, you feel like God's called you to something, and yet you're still feeding the sheep. That's a different sermon. We'll go into that later. But... Uh, but David is this young man. He, he's in the field, and his dad, uh, Jesse, calls him in. He says, David, I need you to go check on your brothers. They're all older than him in, in the army doing cool things. And, and so he says, take these grilled cheese to your, to your, uh, to your brothers. I'm not lying. No, look at it. He, Jesse literally, literally gives him bread and cheese. I don't know what else you're going to do with that except grill it and be happy and blessed because who loves a good che- grilled cheese? Amen. My wife tried to poison me one time. We were first married and... Um, <laughs> She's like, honey, I'm going to make grilled cheese. I'm like, great. I love grilled cheese. It's one of my favorite uh, foods. It's one of my favorite health foods. And uh, I'm just kidding. It's not healthy. But uh, I, I bless it. I'm like, God, let the calories not be in here and make, make me strong and all that. And so uh, she makes me a grilled cheese. It looks beautiful. I mean, it's amazing. It's like the perfect, you know, like that perfect grilled cheese where it's not burnt, but it's not, it's just perfectly grilled both sides. The cheese is oozing out the sides. And I'm like, oh, glory. I knew, I, I, no wonder I married you. Yeah. I'm blessed. But uh, 15 years of marriage this year too. Yay. And, uh, and uh, not to make Pastor Lanceville, because he married us 15 years ago. But, uh, uh, but uh, so she gives me the grilled cheese. I'm like, thank God. And so I go to bite into it, and she had put ham in it. I was like, what? I was like, what is this? And, you know, we were young. We were just married. And so I, now I would have just shut my mouth and ate it, right? You learn, you live and learn. <laughs> Amen. And uh, back then I wasn't as wise. And, uh, and so I go, what is this? I was like, this is, what did you put? This is, this is not grilled cheese. And she goes, I put ham in it. It's a grilled cheese, ham and cheese. I'm like, you didn't, what? No. Like who put, I don't know, you might do that. I don't know. It just, it wasn't me. I, I've never had that. And she didn't, it was unexpected. And I didn't know what it was in there. I thought it was strychnine, but I, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I was like, what? So I don't know. That has no spiritual principle, but, um, 
David gets the grilled cheese and he goes to his brothers and he's like, brothers, I have grilled cheese for you. I know you're hungry. You're in the army. Here's your grilled cheese. And then his brothers go, where's the tomato soup? Right? Uh, basically. I mean, they didn't physically say that, but they were like, you bring us these grilled cheese and yet, you know, where's the tomato soup? was basically the, the, their attitude. And, and, and so at this time, David rolls up and, and with the food and, and, and his brothers are in the army and he, he sees something that happens that, that's crazy. This, this giant man named Goliath comes out and he challenges the Israel army, Israelite army. He says, come against me. Whoever wins uh, will well, when the battle, basically, whoever wins this duel, this challenge, this fight to the death will win and uh, will take, the winners take you captive, basically. And so all the Israel army, they run and hide. It even says that they, they trembled, right? Have you ever been that scared? Like the, 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 if you read it, the, the, the idea is that they were like scared. They weren't just like, like they were like pee their pants scared, right? They were scared. They were like, you know, they were, they, they were trembling. They were hiding. Uh, I have a friend at work. I've worked with him for uh, going on about 15 years now, two different uh, dealerships. And, and uh, I love this man. He's, he's a great friend of mine. And he's 6'4". He's a giant man. He's 6'4 and about 315 pounds. His, his son even plays NFL football. And uh, he, he's a giant. But... Uh, one day he's going to kill me. So I'm just going to give you a heads up. If I end up missing, it's probably because he killed me. And the reason why he's going to kill me is because I agitate him a lot. I don't, I don't know why. I just find it funny. And because uh, he's so big, but he, he's so skittish. He's very scared of a lot of things. And so uh, a couple of, probably last year, two years ago, I uh, had another friend that I worked with. And I said, uh, look, I'm going to hide in uh, this bump, this box, this huge box that uh, car bumpers come in. And uh, I said, I'm going to hide in this. And then I want you to call Slade, my friend Slade, and um, ask him to help you move this bumper box. Right? And so I, I get down in there. It's more, it's like this position. And I'm like giggling like a little schoolgirl. And I set, <laughs> I set my phone up in, in the shelf. And because uh, it's on film, you can go to my Instagram and just keep scrolling and see it and slow mo and, and have fun because it's amazing. And, uh, and so my other friend says, Slade, come help me uh, move this bumper box. So I hear him coming and I'm trying not to laugh and give myself away. And I'm like, and uh, and I hear him grab the the box, and then I jump out. I go, <laughs> he jumps and like does this and jumps back. And I thought about I thought he almost had a heart attack, and I I like fell out laughing. It was so funny. But that's how the Israelite army was scared. They were like this this giant man came out, and they were like no, and they run away, and they're hiding, they're trembling, they're uh, so scared, they're you know, peeing their pants, maybe, I don't know. And uh, that's a bad day. But uh, they're scared. They're scared. But David understands something. He, David understands a, a, a spiritual principle that I think a lot of us need to understand in our lives as Christians. David understood that, that he had something that Goliath didn't, right? He had something that Goliath didn't. He said, I'll fight this guy. 
The king Saul, uh, king Saul was offering a, a generous reward and no one would take it. But David, this young man, was like, I'll fight him. Let, let me go. And so Saul said, okay, if you want to die, that's cool. Come put my armor on. And so he tries to put this king's armor on. And, and this is a great, uh, uh, you know, privilege, you know. And so he's like, use my armor. And so David puts it on and he realizes this isn't him. This isn't. This was going to go against him in his flesh. It didn't feel right. It was basically coming in his own power. And so he said, I can't do this. And no one thought David was able to do it, right? They said, you're going to die. Everyone was like, okay, David's going to fight. Like the odds were stacked against David. David was a very young man. He was actually probably a teenager about this time and, and didn't have any battle experience, right? He didn't have this, the, he wasn't a, a war vet, right? He didn't have these, he didn't even have a sword. He had a couple of stones and a sling, right? And this giant man that they say he was 10, 15 feet tall, maybe, full of muscle, giant sword, spear, shield, Check this out. I want to I read this quote to you from David because I don't want to get it wrong. Everyone thought David was going to die. And, and he says this. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But check this out. Check this out. But I come against you in the name. Yes. Come on. In the name yes. of the Lord. Almighty, the God of the enemies of Israel, when, that you, whom you have defiled. I don't, maybe that didn't register. I want to read it again because that's good. I come against you, not in my flesh, not in Saul's armor, not by experience that I've had in the army before, but in the name of the Lord yes. Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Come on. The Lord will hand, me, hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Come on. The odds are stacked against them. But David understood that he could not come against uh, Goliath in his own strength and his own power, but through the power of the Lord Almighty. I feel that that so many Christians live in a, in a state of, of having a, God, a form of godliness, but denying its power. It, Paul writes about the last days. He says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Young people, obey your parents. All the parents said, Amen. Where are my kids? Are they in here? And uh, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But check this out. Check this out. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Church, we have to understand that we have a power that's in us. 
It's time for the church to wake up and quit going through a form of godliness. Christians, it's time to wake up. It's time for me to wake up in my life. I'm not just preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. I, I preach from a, a, a stance of weakness because I'll never run out of stuff to preach about. But, you know, I, I have to remember. We have to remember that we cannot come at life through our own strength. The, you're, you may be facing situations in your family. Your marriage might be falling apart and you're trying to put it back together in your own know-how, your own will, your own strength, but there's a power that we must tap into. And there, the church, come on now, we, we, the, the culture is the way it is because the church is without power. The church, the culture, we should be influence, influencing our culture. We should be influencing, we should be the influencers at our job. Come on, we, we should influence uh, our school friends. We should have influence because we have power that's in us. But that power is just potential power unless we tap into it. It's just potential power that's in us unless we tap into it. I feel that so many young people Church people, Christians, times of my life, I've seen where odds are stacked against me. My sister's here. I love my sister. She's the greatest. And uh, I wouldn't be here without her. She truly is amazing. Uh, she's, she, she kept me from doing so many dumb stuff so many times in my life. And um, half the time I didn't listen to her, but I wish I would listen to her more. But we were just talking the other day, and uh, we were talking kind of about the odds were stacked against us. Growing up, I mean, we didn't come from money. We didn't come from privilege. We, you know, my parents split up and we went through some dark times. And we're talking about how amazing it is that we turned out the way we did. How we're serving God now and how I'm getting to preach. And when I was 15, 16, 14, I was on drugs. We saw a lot of bad things happen. And I love my mom and she you know, was in a bad place back then. And, and me and my sister walked through a lot of things and, and God used that to strengthen us. God has a plan for you. I know it may look like it, it, the odds are against you, but God has a plan. He's going to use these moments and these situations to strengthen you. God used these, these situations, though they weren't pleasant to go through, to strengthen us. And, and I had to realize that, that I have the power to do this. I got saved when I was 16 through, through our youth ministry here. And, and it was a powerful time in my life because I, I went through and I grew up. I, I, I wasn't eloquent. I wasn't that smart. I, I, was, in, I was in special ed. I, I had speech therapy. And just to be honest with you, complete transparent, I had no self-confidence. I had so many people tell me I couldn't do it. I felt stupid in school because I didn't have great grades. And I, I remember when God called me to, to be a, a youth pastor and I, I remember like it was yesterday, I was, I was, we had a retreat at, uh, um, the lake, I don't know what it's called, uh, but Rosetta Lake, and uh, and PL was jamming the Casio, probably playing, uh, I don't know something, uh, 
Shout to the Lord, probably, because that was our jam back then. Shout to the Lord. Either that or uh, Lord, I'll lift you on high. I played that for the youth the other day, uh, and I was just smiling. They were like, what? And I was like, no, this is amazing. And uh, But they were just like, whatever. And uh, so uh, I remember the moment that God called me. I was praying, and I felt the Spirit of God. Even even though we just had a little Casio, and Pastor Lance was was singing, and, and we were praying, and God called me to do something for him. I didn't know what it was. I didn't think I could do it, just to be honest with you. I felt stupid. I felt like God couldn't use me. I messed up too many times because I was trying to come at it in my own strength. I put it off, honestly. I walked away from that calling for so many years because I didn't think I could do it because I was trying to do it in my own strength. I didn't understand the power that's in me and that, that potential power. If we look at the, the word power in the Greek in this, in this verse, it's, it's dunamis, dunamis. And if we transliterate that, we, we get the word dynamite. And I've preached this a couple of times and not quite like this, uh, but I felt like God wanted me to preach this. I was ta- talking to the youth about this and I very clearly heard God tell me to preach this this morning. I know it's for somebody. And I want you to understand this. God's going to change your life. It's dunamis, it's dynamite power. You know what? I could have a stick of dynamite in here, which I don't because they wouldn't allow me to. Um, fire marshal. And uh, I'm just kidding. I don't know where to buy dynamite. But uh, if I had a stick of dynamite, use your imagination, a stick of dynamite. The stick of dynamite would not change anything because it's just still potential energy, Right? I could just hold it. It could just be a decoration. We could use it as a uh, paperweight. I could have it in the seat in front of Jennifer and she would never know. If I told her, she'd probably get a little nervous. But it could just, it's just potential energy. Until we do something with it. Until we ignite it with some, some sort of fire without the ignition of the fuse it's just, just potential energy I feel that we Christians are sticks of dynamite so many of us live life so many Christians times in my life I have, I have been a stick of dynamite with no ignition I've just potential energy. When I was not, when I was trying to pursue God in my own strength, when I was trying to pursue ministry in my own strength, I was just a stick of dynamite, just just bound up, waiting for God to ignite me. But it, 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 it's, look at the scripture, look at the scripture, Ephesians 3.20, let's go back to that. It says that now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all, that all we ask or imagine and according Check this out. It's according to the power that is at work within us. Glory in the church in Christ Jesus. It's it's according to the power that is at work within us. We can have power in us without working it in us and through us. As you're saved, you get a measure of the Holy Spirit. If you're saved today, you have the Holy Spirit in you. That's right. 
we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to go completely into that. It's another teaching, but we believe that there's a second definite grace of God where we get baptized uh, in the Holy Spirit. We see this in the upper room. And that it fills us and empowers the believer even more. But even if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, you have power because you have the, the same Holy Spirit that was with David as in you. The same Holy Spirit that was with Jesus Christ when he said, Lazarus, stand up, come out. The same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus that three days later woke up, was resurrected, is in us. Why don't we use it? Because we don't know how to tap into it. We all have potential power in us. How do we tap into it? I'm closing. Stay with me for a few more minutes. Potential power. We just have to tap into it. You have the power to change yourself. You have the power to overcome that sin you keep going back to. You have the power to overcome situations in your marriage. You have the power to overcome situations at your job. I believe this morning things are going to begin to shift if we allow it. I believe this morning if we understand and, and, and grasp that not only do we have the power in us, we have to tap into it. It's not just enough to agree and say amen and say preach and understand and recognize that, yeah, I have the power, but it's not, it's not enough to do that. We have to begin to tap into that power. David understood this. He understood that he could not come against Goliath, this, this, this situation in his own strength. He had to tap into the power of God. He says, you come at me with all this stuff, I come at you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Come on. He had, the, he had dynamite power in him. How do we tap into it? First of all, we have to understand that we're not weak in our, in our lives we feel weak sometimes, hopeless at times. Those days that we were ta- just talking about the odds are stacked against you, your battery quit working, it's raining, kids are crying, maybe it's you bounced a check, mortgage is calling you, come on, who, we all know that feeling where you, you, you you did something, you overspent, and then you, you open the, your car gets declined, or you look at your bank account, and it's like negative 30, 40, a couple hundred dollars. And I call my sister, and I say, hey, can I borrow some money? <laughs> Just until the end of the month. Uh, we know that feeling. The odds are stacked against us. And we feel weak. We feel sometimes abandoned. That's the enemy. The enemy is called the accuser of the brother. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to be able to steal your power through discouragement. He wants to steal the power that's in you. He wants to steal that, 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 that 
fire that is igniting that dynamite in you, if he can take that fire away from you, he can take that dynamite, that potential release of energy, he can take that away from you. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your your dreams, your hopes. But God says, I've come to give you life. And not just life, but life to the what? Full. He wants us to live these abundant lives, these powerful lives. He wants us to get out of this weak mindset, this, this I can't do it. Look, if you're talking to me, don't ever say I can't. I hate that. I hate when people say I can't or bring problems and no solutions. Come on now. Like, we have to get out. I can't, I can't, I can't change the culture of my school. I can't change people at work. You can't, but the power of the Holy Spirit can. Look, I got saved when I was 16. My family wasn't saved. I began to pray. And over time, I saw my sister come to know Christ. I saw my mom. And my mom, I mean, just to be honest with you, she was on drugs, hard drugs. And we saw her OD. We saw her in a coma for a week. And I prayed. I've seen the power of God change her. She's been clean for over 10 years now. She just passed a test. Yeah, praise God. The power of God. She just passed her test to as an addiction counselor. I've seen the power of God. I've seen the power of God. I've seen the power of God change me. I, I, a young man that sounds like Napoleon Dynamite that was barely literate. I read back my old notes I used to write uh, Rhiannon, and I'm like, what was wrong with me? I, was, I feel like I was mentally ill. I feel like I had a brain injury. And <laughs> That's an inside joke with my friend Kayla. My friend Kayla came, my, my little sister of Christ, Kayla came, and we love her. Um, but she has an amazing testimony. She got hit by a dog. I always, like, I always tell her that if I just have nothing else to say, I just tell her testimony. Because <laughs> she is so powerful. She got hit by a dump truck and, and lived, and, and God's using her in mighty ways. And, and uh, so we just love her. But there's power that, that, that's in you. I've seen God's power in, in, in many of your lives, in my life. I've seen God change young people. I've seen young people addicted and depression. I've seen young people walk away from from God and say, I'm not doing this anymore, only to come back. I've seen the power of God, and I believe in the power of God, and, and I believe that we need to tap into this. How do we tap into it? We must have the Holy Spirit. If you're saved... You have a, a, a measure of the Holy Spirit in you. If you're saved, and the Bible says if we confess with our mouth, believe in our hearts, then we're saved. So how do we tap into the Holy Spirit? How do we release this potential power in us? Get saved. Simply get saved. Pray for the baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. We sang this, this great song, Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, let us be more aware. I think we just need to be more aware of God sometimes. How do we become more aware? We have to have relationship with Jesus. That's basically what getting saved is. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. But you have to be moving forward. You have to be going through this process called uh, 
sanctification where God is, is, is growing you and maturing you. Get saved. This power that's in you, that, that lives in you, is potential until you get saved and begin to tap into it. Get saved. Pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, the key is, is, is to allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. A lot of Christians don't let the Holy Spirit work through them. Come on, I've, I've done that. I've, I've, I've had God speak to me and say, I want you to go say something to this person. And that's weird. You know, like, I'm like, I don't want to do that. They're going to look at me strange. And uh, I've had, uh, at camp, I've had the opposite happen where God told me to pray for this young girl. And, and so I, I was like, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah. And I, I put my hand on her top of her head and, and God told me to pray for, you know, depression against depression. And, and, uh, man, the Holy Spirit just broke her. It was amazing and, and began to heal her. And, and, uh, and I told her, I was able to tell her that, that God loves her and, and values her. And she's a, a, a child of God and not to let this world demean her. And, and God, the power of God was there. We have to be more aware of the Holy Spirit. We just sang this. We have to be more aware of him. And we, we, we get so consumed with our lives that the world begins to revolve around us. Come on. It's not our world and everyone lives in it. Sometimes I think that and I have to refocus myself. I'm like, all these people are just living in my world. But I have the power, you have the power to change the world that you, that's around you. We have to allow not just the Holy Spirit to be in us, but to work in us, to work in us, the fruit of the Spirit. We have to have this vibrant relationship with Jesus. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. He wants you to spend time with him. Just like I spend time with my wife. God wants to spend time with you in prayer and his word. How to, have, how to tap into this power? Relationship. Get saved. Pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Allow God to change you from the inside out. I know that's not fun. You know what I'm saying? I, when I, especially when I first got saved, I think I spent more time repenting in the altar than I did in the seats. <laughs> you know, I'd go home, I'd have an amazing time with God, and I'd go home and realize how crappy of a person I was <laughs> and how to come back to the altar. It's amazing because the more we grow and, and get closer to God, the more we realize we need him. Even Paul, the apostle Paul said, well, you know, he got saved and he says, uh, I'm the least of the apostles. And then a little bit later in one of his other letters, he says, I'm the chief of all sinners. I feel like was, as closer and closer we get to God, the, the f- more we realize how f- really far we are. The more we mature and we realize we do need the power of God. Allow God to not just, or first let God work in you so he can work through you. We have power. Second of all, I want to look at the, the upper room. The upper room, Jesus died and, or before he died, he says, go pray. He goes, I want you to go to this place and pray. So many of them did. Many of them went and began to pray. For days and days, and they were praying, praying, waiting, and praying. They didn't even know what they were waiting for. They were just praying and waiting for this gift that God had promised them. 
And then it says, when they were all in one mind, one accord, the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came and like tongues of fire began to rest on all of them. And then we see Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times when Jesus needed him the most. Come on now. Denied him. In the Gospel of John, it literally says that Jesus and his eyes met and he began to weep and he ran away. Imagine that. This man that poured into your life that, that you loved dearly needed you the most and you were denying him and then you look over and your eyes meet. How heartbreaking would that be? Peter was trying to do this thing in his own strength. He had the potential power that was in him, but he was, he was denying Jesus because he was living in his, in his own strength. He was trying to do this thing. He, he was loudmouth. He would always, you know, you know, be the first to speak up. But then all of a sudden we see the Holy Spirit come on Peter. Right? Come on. And, and then Peter stands up and he gives the first Pentecostal message. And thousands, I'm talking about thousands and thousands. And this wasn't like just your message that you would hear today. Like he was like in their face, like you did this to Jesus. And I mean, like if, if a preacher would have done that today, like it, it probably just everyone would leave and not come back, you know, like, but he was like, you did this to Jesus and you know, blah, blah. And I mean, he could, it's cause he, he finally tapped into that power of the Holy Spirit. He was powerful. He did, he led so many to Jesus. Uh, Paul. Paul was carrying letters of death, arresting Christians, throwing them in, in, in prison, ready to kill them. And then the power of God hit him. He fell off his donkey and, and Jesus said, why do you persecute me? He says, Lord, how do I persecute you? As the band comes, as we close today, the power of God was in Paul. The power of God. We see Paul, this, this person that literally was killing Christians. I don't know what you've done, but you, you probably haven't persecuted Christians where you're killing them because you probably wouldn't be here. You'd probably be in jail in the leading a prison ministry. But Paul had that power of God. He began to, instead of writing letters and carrying letters of death, he began to carry letters of life to the church power to change that potential power you have power this morning if you leave here this morning with anything i want you to understand that you have power this week that issue that you're facing those hard people to deal with at work that hard person that sleeps in the bed with you (laughs) to deal with not mine but of course she might say the same. Or she might say that about me, but I'm hard to deal with sometimes. I'm a, a giant man child, but um, <laughs> but you have the power through the Holy Spirit. You have the power to through the Holy Spirit. God is calling you to something. God has called you to do something for His kingdom. He's called all of us. He just hasn't called the pastors of this church to go out and win the world. He's called you. He's called you to go into the world, preach the gospel, and be agents of change in this world to love people. 
to see people change, disciple people. He's called you to something. But we can't do it in ourselves. We can't live this life in our own power. Every head bowed, eye closed. Please don't look around. I want you just to focus on God in this next few minutes. I truly believe that God's been in this place and I believe that this message is for some people. I know it is. And I want you to focus. We, you know, this isn't anything weird. I, we bow our heads, close our eyes, really just to focus on God. To be able to shut out distractions. That's what I want you to do right now. From the front to the back. Begin to just focus on God. To tap into the power of God first, we must know God. If you don't know God this morning, and what I mean by that is if you don't have an active relationship with Jesus through prayer, through the word, through worship, and you're just walking through this life in your own power, I'm speaking to you, and you know, you know who you are. The good news is we can change. Man, we can, God is here. God loves you. God, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, or God loves you. And God's a God of, of grace and redemption. Says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But first we must repent. We must ask God, like I said, if we confess with our mouth, believe in our hearts. The word says we're saved, we're justified. You're struggling, you're going through things, you keep going back to that same sin, you, you try to break free and a couple of months later, a year later, days later, you're back at it and you feel so bad and say, I'm never gonna do this again. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need a, a fresh relationship with God. Maybe you have had a relationship with God, but it's weak at best. I'm going to count the three, and I just want you to just raise a hand or look up, either one. No one looking around. I'm not going to call you out. Wherever you are, I'm going to count the three. I just want you somehow to acknowledge me, and I'm going to pray for you this morning. I believe that God is going to change I believe that things are going to begin to shift in your life. One, two, three, without hesitation. I see those hands. I see those. I see those. Praise God for you. You can put them down. Anybody else? 